0: Queen City Nerves News Hounds is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network. Listen to your city at Network.com.
1: And welcome to episode 60 of Queen City Nerves News Hounds Podcast. I am Ryan Pitkin. Justin is still on temporary leave, but he shall be back. He shall return. But uh, I have another Queen City Nerve team member with me who's actually my guest, and we we can say co-host. We're just gonna chat. Yeah, sounds um, great. To me. I'm used to so I'm so used to like meeting someone on the day of, or at least not having seen them in a while right before I interview them, but this is actually our, can I say staff photographer? Our photographer on retainer. Sure. Grant Baldwin is in the house with us today. What's going on, Grant? Nice to see you, Ryan. Thanks for having me in here. It is nice to see you, especially since we've just spent the last however many hours in the office working together. Yeah, yeah. Made it happen. (laughs) I usually have a rule where it's like in the, you know, those awkward minutes before the podcast when I meet someone, I try not to have too much conversation because I don't want to... You know, miss something on the mic and have a great conversation that doesn't go on the record. But in our in our situation here, we've already just been together, literally feet from each other all day. So we're going to still find a way to have a good uh, to get an interesting conversation.
0: I'm confident we will.
1: Yes. Um, so for those who don't know, Grant Baldwin has been an um, independent photojournalist here in Charlotte for how long? Uh, Eleven years. Eleven years. So, I, wow. We're going to talk a little bit about how we met. Um, and it must have been right around that time. It was, uh, um, yeah, around the time of the right Occupy Charlotte movement. Yep, yeah. exactly. Um, But first, sort of what decided, like, okay, now is the time to have Grant on, because you've been in here actually shooting pictures of us doing the podcast. You've been aware of it, and I've always wanted to get you on um, at some point, we'll talk about, you know, maybe the last time during the protest or something like that, because you are differently – that is sort of this times when we've really – uh, cut our teeth together, covering a lot of protest coverage coming up. But uh, now is the time because you have you have gone viral, probably more so than ever before. This in the last two days, have you not? Yeah, I think that's a safe statement. Yeah, yeah. we've just been sitting in the uh, sitting in the newsroom. with like, oh, the Daily Beast has your story, and you're like, oh, I didn't know that. And then you're like, oh, the New York Daily has my story up. So. Um, Why don't you give us a quick rundown of, we'll get a little bit more in depth, but just an elevator pitch sort of thing of of how this all came about. Sure.
0: Um, So I was asked uh, uh, recently to um, contribute uh, four images that were simply representative of my work to an exhibit at the Gaston County Museum. Um, It's a small part of a larger uh, exhibit that just opened three weeks ago and is to be up for a full year. Uh, and it's about the history of photography, but uh, organized in a way that's Gaston County-centric. Mm. Um, Gaston County is actually really rich in its history. Absolutely. Um, and a very uh, famous turn-of-the-century fo- uh, documentarian, documentary photographer named Hines did a lot of work there covering uh, child labor in mills. Mm. Uh, so that's the part of the tie-in to the history of photography of Gaston County that this exhibit is showcasing. They have some equipment uh, on display, too. Um but then they asked uh, uh, four total photographers to submit three to four images each uh, that are representative of their work. Um, subsequently, about uh, two weeks after the exhibit opened, uh, the county manager reached out to the uh, museum and specified that one image uh, be removed from the display. That image was one that I took in 2019 at the Charlotte Pride uh, Parade that was a, uh, there was a surprise proposal at Trade and Tryon during the parade. Mm-hmm. And I happened to be at the right place at the right time to capture that. Um, and the one gentleman proposed to the other, you know, uh, everyone cheered and lots of support of the crowd. And the specific image is a close up of the acceptance of the proposal of the two gentlemen kissing. Mm-hmm. That's the the image that was made. And um, for the sake of context, I was uh, under contract by Charlotte Pry that puts on the parade to photograph that for them.
1: Mm-hmm. So, what? why were you chosen for this specific? Um, I know that you've done a lot of work in Gastonia around, uh, I think through one of their county funded programs, right? Uh, what is it called? We Are Gastonia or something like that? Uh,
0: it's called, the most Living. recent iteration has been called Gaston Outside.
1: Gaston Outside, that's is, right. Uh, but you're not from there right you're from Charlotte correct yeah, yeah. uh yeah I'm a local charlatan so. so why did they uh what did they like what got you involved in this specific uh before we get into the the backlash that has followed sure um because at first when I first heard about the exhibit I figured it must have been four images from that were taken in Gastonia because there was also another image in, in question we'll talk about that here in just a second that was taken in Gastonia um what was it that got you involved in this they just They just knew you from Gaston Outside and wanted area photographers?
0: Yeah, good question. Mm -hmm. Um, So I had covered um, the museum itself, um, both in the context of for Gaston Outside, which is uh, effectively sort of a division of their tourism bureau. I was, Mm -hmm. amongst many, many other shoots, was assigned to get images of of that location so they could use them in promotional materials for the county and various other uses. Um, So I had uh, photographed the museum and some of its staff before that's how they knew me and uh, i also um had covered uh the museum's move of their archives to an off off off-site location and uh, i got to see some of the like really amazing pieces of material that they that they have in there Um, Mm -hmm. it's a very robust museum for a county museum it Mm -hmm. does really incredible work and has a great staff
1: yeah absolutely they have a I mean, like you said, the Gaston County—just the history of that place. There's so much going on. Um, I was a big—I I dove into a rabbit hole, uh, just talking about the Luray Mill strikes and LMA Wiggins and things like that. At one point, just got really sucked into that history. Um, yeah. But yeah, from then on, you know, the whole—the whole mill history and everything that's happened. Um, I actually just finished a book from Wiley Cash that took place in Gaston Coney called um, Shit. Now I'm going to forget it uh, because I, know, That's I get an all title. of his. Yeah, it's called Shit. I'm going to forget it. Um, but it's really a great book, and it takes place in Gastonia in the 90s, 97, 98, during the Sammy Sosa-Mark McGuire home run race. <laughs> um, but it's just a – I think it's called Winmer or something – Road to Mercy, Road Come Home to Mercy, Road Home to Mercy, but anyway, it's just a cool book. Just because they're they're bringing things up like Tony's Ice Cream is a meeting spot, like when they're in the thick of things and walking down Franklin Boulevard at one point at the very beginning of the book and parks that I recognize. Uh, anyway, that has nothing to do with this podcast whatsoever. But uh, we will talk a little bit about Tony's Ice Cream in a little bit because I'm curious about uh, if you had tried to enter any of those pictures yeah. um, from that experience that we went through. But uh, going going back to where we started here with the actual LGBT, with the Charlotte Pride photo, um, we were just in the office, I guess it was two days ago now, um, when you got a call from a Gaston Gazette reporter who sh- she must have just been eagle-eyed enough to realize that nobody had told you, but they had taken down the photo from Charlotte Pride of the two men kissing. Um, what was sort of your reaction and uh, what were you told from there on out? Because they obviously didn't let you know that they were going to be taking it down.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, correct. I had no idea that any issue was taken with the image or that it had been taken down uh, until I got a phone call from that Gaston Gazette reporter mm-hmm. who asked if I had a response to the image being removed. To which, of course, I had to reply that I'm happy to talk to you, but I have to yeah. find out more about what's going on uh, first. They
1: might just be cleaning so, it.
0: Yeah, right. Uh, So, um, yeah, I reached out to the museum's director, and he informed me that the uh, county uh, had requested that it be removed. The reason given was because it was an advocacy image. And when I say the county, um, it was specifically the county manager. Mm -hmm. Um, The board of commissioners uh, at at that time said that they um, were not – Consulted on that, it was specifically the county manager mm-hmm. uh, that took uh, issue with the image. Um, the The it uh, seems uh, dubious in the sense that um, there were other imagery. There was other imagery by uh, one of the other photographers that had submitted images that were, that were on display that could um, very reasonably be assumed to be advocacy images mm-hmm. as well. It was um, a stage photo where there were um, young children that were. Put in uh, a faux uh, lunch counter uh, okay. to be representative of a sit-in, mm-hmm. um, and they were told to try to have a facial expression as if you were told to leave because of your skin color. Mm-hmm. Um, the museum shared with me that there was the county reflected no issue taken with that. It was specifically mm-hmm. the the LGBTQ image mm-hmm.
1: uh, that was that was the issue. And the museum director had told you that they didn't they didn't. Really want it taken down, right? Or hadn't asked for that? From
0: yeah, from from my interactions with them and the subsequent conversations, um, it seems to me that the the museum is really just caught in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, they had requested before this; um, they had requested additional imagery around that pride uh, proposal. Um, there were about five right. images that really captured the moment outside of just that one. Mm -hmm. Um, They had requested that they be able to use those images in a uh, like a happy pride month social media post. Mm -hmm. So um, that, you know, indicates to me that it wasn't the museum that took issue with it. Um, uh, But yeah, they, um, my impression is that the museum did uh, push back on it, but the museum is not owned by the County. It's properties inside. It's archive is not owned by the County. However, all of the staff are on the county payroll. Okay, that, 그렇죠. in that respect, okay, so they're employed. They're
1: county funded, mm-hmm, right? And what's the what has the response been like? Because it sort of blew up kind of quick. From and I wanted to credit um, was it Kara Foner? Kara Foner, yeah, Foner or Foner? I'm not sure if I'm. Do you know it's Fawner? I'm, I'm not sure. Okay. If, uh, uh, yeah, but she did a fantastic job right. on that article, in my opinion. That's the Gazette reporter that sort of thought it out and, and noticed it in the first place. How did do you know? Did she tell you how she? realized that she was just walking through for maybe a second time and said, where's that picture? I'm not sure. I'm yeah. not sure how she became aware. Mm-hmm. Um, so she broke it and then it sort of spread to Charlotte stations and now it's spreading to national stations. What has been the response for you? Do you have people reaching out all over the place or are they just sort of running aggregate stories based on other people's reporting?
0: Well, it, certainly the stories that have been run have been picked up, um, as you mentioned at the top, mm-hmm. um, you know, everywhere from New York Daily News to Daily Beast. Uh, mm-hmm. There's an L.A. paper I saw just before we came in that had picked it up um, as well. But in the uh, initial – after – the the next day mm-hmm. after that conversation with the museum and finding out from the Gaston Gazette um, – I The first uh, contact I got was from Ken Lemon at mm-hmm. 5.30 in the morning, a message from him mm-hmm. asking me to, to comment on it. Um, and then for the next 12 hours, I did uh, six on-camera interviews, nine oh, wow. interviews total, Yeah, um, speaking with WFAE on Friday. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, the, I got a text from my mom. Don't you know a Grant Baldwin? Have you done work with him? I was like – you saw him on Sunday. He was at our Queen's City <laughs> cookout, and he's our photographer, damn it. Um, but yeah, no, that was funny because you we were just like, you know, we were in the middle of putting our, the last touches on our paper, whenever a story breaks while we're in production, it's just like, got to sit on it, and then it's like, oh, this story broke too quick. But that's why I was glad to have you on this podcast to really get your get a more in-depth conversation going about it.
0: And, you know, I'm, I'm really glad that you invited me on because, um, you know, I've... Being – having done this for 11 years, I'm on the backside of the news all of the time. Right. And that dictates a lot of – in a healthy way, dictates my behavior. Like I have to be neutral. I have mm. to, um, you know, not have any influence on my stories. But it's a tricky and strange and uh, a good experience for me to uh, be on the other side for mm-hmm. a moment. Right. So I'm, I'm glad that I get to sort of process that along with you here today. Yeah.
1: I think one of the funny things that most people um, – Whenever I hear about people who become the story, sort of, and not even—I'm not even talking about journalists who write first person. I mean, someone who is actually on the other side of the story, like you are right now. Uh, a lot of what I hear them say is that it makes me want to fact-check the shit out of something just that much more because of how wrong other journalists get it when they're writing about you, and you know every fact that there is. Is that something that you've experienced? For um, uh, people just making assumptions, or. No, actually, majoritively,
0: everyone mm-hmm. has been very on point. Um, right. There was one that I feel some details were were missed and not nailed. Um, mm-hmm. I, uh, I don't want to just share that share that, right. but um, I think that's a great track record given all of mm-hmm. the contact yeah. that I've had. And uh, you know, it was it's interesting because the county, the county manager, um, mm-hmm. and anyone else in the county didn't reach out to me to tell me. Right. Um, I, I found think that out,
1: was sort of the problem.
0: Uh, Yeah, that was a bit of the issue. I mean, this is
1: obviously, it's actually a problem beyond that. Just taking the picture down and calling it advocacy is bullshit. Yeah, But I mean, you know, the cover-up is sometimes worse than the crime. Uh, It almost wouldn't have broken this big, I feel like, if they would have, I don't know, reached out.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I was finding, I was really finding out what was going on uh, as that day progressed through the journalist. Mm -hmm. They were sharing with me what they learned and asking my thoughts about it. But I wasn't really getting anything from at all from the county. I'd had some contact with the museum, but um, understandably so, they were told not to really mm-hmm. talk about it and to direct everyone to the director of communications for Gaston County. All right. Um, so, like, it was bureaucracy. Yeah. its best. It was. Uh, it was nice that my peers. It was. It was uh, fascinating how I was learning about what was going on Mm -hmm. through my peers.
1: Yeah, definitely. They were doing the, the reaching for you. Yeah. Um, and then this, this is not the only aspect of the story really, as other folks have reported. And this is something that we, uh, found out, I think about a week or two ago. And you and I had discussed, uh, about a photo you took, I think for us, possibly. Correct. Yeah. I was on site for Queen City. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that is during the protest around a Confederate monument there in 2020. Yes. um, And we had been down there a while. Um, Did that coincide with the Tony's ice cream incident? I think that's separate. I think it was the same year. Well, We'll talk about that in a second. But anyway, the photo was of a local activist. um, I'm drawing a blank on her name. Who was being arrested um, during those protests. And she was put down to the ground, face down. She was sort of looking up and just hovering, like 10 deputies hovering over her very, just Very American picture: (laughs) black woman (laughs) activists, these ten rural deputies uh, just overpowering her, her. handcuffing her, face down to the pavement. Um, And that one, even before, was told you were told um, that wouldn't be included to, to if you could find a replacement. Is that? what was the reason given for that? Cause I think that actually did come from the museum, right?
0: You're correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my original understanding was that it was a County. Um, uh, the, the County had also expressed mm-hmm. that that would not be included. Uh, but subsequently to find out it was the director, um, mm-hmm. uh, who had decided not to include it. Um, the, the, the reasoning was that it was, that I was told was because it has County employees in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, on on top of that, it was expressed that it was um, the issue around that Confederate monument is still something that the county is in litigation about, mm. and um, there was some concern at the museum that it would be controversial, mm-hmm. ironically, and right. uh, might overshadow the the uh, exhibit as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, so the decision was made not to uh, not to or well to request that. I uh, find a different image to submit Mm -hmm. that was a that all that conversation occurred before the opening of the exhibit. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I provided a replacement image of for CMS students that led a march during the George Floyd riots, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, the George Floyd protests um, that were in uptown Charlotte, All right, and that's still currently on display there,
1: All right. And I know that that was a, a civil conversation between you and the county, and you agreed because they're going through litigation and things. And I wouldn't expect you to voice your opinion here because you still have a working relationship with said museum. We decided not to write a story about it for those same reasons, uh, for out of respect for you. But I will say, in my personal opinion, that's that's weak. <laughs> that's a weak excuse for them.
0: It, it's um, it's
1: just a picture. It's not an editorial. Yeah, yeah it's a picture of something that happened, regardless of what comes out of it.
0: Yeah, and it was it was a conversation with the museum, not mm-hmm. the county. No, yeah.
1: that's what I said. Oh, okay. did I? Uh, yeah, you said county, but I just right. want to clarify. Okay, no, with the yeah, museum. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I know that was something that yeah. was a misunderstanding in terms of where it came from.
0: Yeah, it struck me as a little strange, but mm-hmm. it's the museum is not a, a journalism right. organization. Mm-hmm. So in that respect, I thought. Yeah, their choice.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, It's very contemporary history. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Um, So just in terms of how this has all played out, I mean, are you – the reaction on social media – I don't know if you're a read the comments guy. Justin and I were going through some of the comments of like Ken Lemon's tweets about it, and it's just like you really realize how backwards things are. And if we're seeing this everywhere right now in terms of don't say gay legislation uh, being – put through in North Carolina general assembly to the nationwide decision that Republicans are now going to fight drag brunches as their name, their main culture war. Um, and, and really say some really scary, terrifying stuff about that as of late in terms of parents who bring their kids to drag brunches and what that means. Um, and, and, you know, just seeing this on a microcosm level, as far as just in Gastonia and local news reporting on it and seeing some of those comments, is it, uh, 50 fifty-fifty to the people who are like, "Who the hell cares that these two guys are kissing in a museum exhibit?" To people who are still in nineteen whatever, who are thinking, who are just saying, "You know, this is disgusting. It's being forced down our throats," and this and that. Like, I don't know. Is that disheartening to see? Are you? Are you a read the comments, guy, in the first place? Well, um, you know, yesterday has been uh, was
0: uh, very packed with mm-hmm. you know the interviews and answering questions and providing the images to various outlets. I really haven't had an opportunity Mm -hmm. to consume all of what has been, Mm -hmm. uh, the actual stories that have been put out. And um, I, when I go to actually read the comments, Mm -hmm. which I really haven't done in a majority way yet, I will be able to answer the question. If I'm a comment guy, I uh, I've often heard journalists talk about you really kind of land on one side or the other,
1: yeah. whether you like to read the I, comments or you ignore. There's some parts just as an owner, uh, co-founder, uh, editor-in-chief that I have to read. But for the most part, like I don't look at any Facebook comments because it's just trolls. Uh, you know, there's, That's not to say every single person who comments on a Facebook post. I've seen plenty of supportive stuff. But for the most part, when Justin gets banned from Facebook and I have to make those posts, it's just like, ugh, like thank God I don't have to do this. Every day, like I can't yeah. stand dealing in the Facebook mess, but I'm surprised no one's reached out to you and, and tried to blame you for this in terms of like calling you an activist journalist or activist photographer or anything like that no
0: no it's usually what
1: happens to us we just say like we'll write a story with no uh, editorializing and say this is exactly what happened and it's like queen city nerve pushing this agenda again (laughs) and i'm just surprised that no one's actually attacked you yet i'm sure it's on social somewhere
0: uh, oh yeah i'm sure (laughs) i'm sure that it is on social somewhere Mm -hmm. um as far as direct contact i've actually only had one piece of direct contact uh, somebody actually sent me a message through the portal on my uh, on my website, and um, it was a supportive one.
1: Mm-hmm. Nice. Um,
0: and it was somebody I didn't know. I mm-hmm. don't know who their – I mean, their name was on there, but I don't know who they were. Right. So, um, yeah, I guess I'm happy about right. that. Uh, I, but, you know, at the same time, I wouldn't take it personally. Right. Um,
1: I think it's hilarious. Um, I mean, the whole situation is unfunny just because of the bigger implications that I just mentioned in terms of people's viewpoints on LGBTQ community. Um As we, you know, uh, as we thought we were moving forward, there's always a backlash, pushing back, uh, you know, two steps forward, one step back kind of thing. But the hilarious part to me is, as you just mentioned in passing, saying how ironic it is that this is now making that exhibit far more talked about than it ever would have been. (laughs) Yeah. So that's pretty awesome for you, at least.
0: Uh, Yeah, you know, I... Certainly, I'm not happy that mm-hmm. um, it's it, that it appears that there's ever being made to to silence the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. That's not okay. And I'm mm-hmm. not happy about that. Um, but as a journalist, you know, like most of the time, the work that I or probably, I would venture that any photojournalist, mm-hmm. only the work that creates, you know, it, it lasts at best for the new cycle and, um, you know, appears on the – uh, the outlet that uses it and then mm-hmm. it kind of floats into the ether into the bowels of google right um but then on occasion there's an, an image that's made that then takes on a life and a narrative of its own the mm-hmm. way that this one has and as a journalist that's incredibly exciting right. like it um i feel very confident in that image and the five surrounding it that they are representative of the moment mm-hmm. and, and so that. In that way, they're they're in my mind beyond reproach. They, you know, they they tell a truth right. of that moment. So um, to see it um, catalyze so much uh, conversation, mm-hmm. regardless of what that conversation is, it's causing conversation, and that's how people um, change their minds mm-hmm. or realize, you know, or they reinforce what they already think and believe that you know. Right. But in either case dialogue is better than silence and the response of the county to manager to silence it um, I believe is not the healthiest uh, way to
1: to to handle that. Yeah, and I feel that way about the image. um, The one that was the LG uh, two men kissing was definitely a powerful image. I feel that way about uh, the image of the arrest as well. I Mm. think it's one of the best that you've taken um, for us at least.
0: Um, Thank you. I genuinely appreciate that.
1: And Um, it's just one of those, it's almost like cliche. It's almost like one of those, um, photos that sticks with you. And we use it whenever referring to that whole Gaston County mess that was happening down there in 2020. Um, but let's go back a little bit, man. Let's get, let's run, let's run down, a your career, my career, slash our friendship, because we both started, I mean, together. When did... I'll, I'll tell a story again. I made it, feel, told it on this podcast. I'll give a short version, but I remember being at the Occupy, uh, at a city council meeting for Char- Occupy Charlotte, and that must have been the end of 2011 or or, or 2012, beginning of 2012. Yeah, well, it would have been
0: somewhere between November of 2011 and February of
1: 2012. Right. And um, there was another city council meeting. I was... I was at UNC Charlotte uh, with the Niner Times, and I was profiling Rhiannon and Fionn Bowman, uh, Rhiannon and Fionn. And we were, so I was a journalist writing about a journalist writing about Occupy Charlotte. Um, and she ran into a group of you all. It was you, Desiree Kane. And another person, it was sort of like this little group of alt journalists, I can't remember who the fourth person was, it was and you, Desiree, and someone else. Mm-hmm. And Rhiannon just sort of in passing said, this is Ryan, uh, he's profiling me, he's going to be a big deal in Charlotte journalism someday soon, so keep an eye out for him. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, like that just like hit me in the chest in a good way. I was just like, why would huh. you say that? But that's awesome, I don't know why you think that. <laughs> um, but, and then you were there, and that, that's sort of how I became aware of you, and then we've just you know as i became a graduated college became a freelancer then i was on the activist beat for much of my the first however many years of my career is and that's i wouldn't i don't know would you would you say activist beat for yourself as well or just was something that you showed up a lot to because they were photogenic events
0: <laughs> yeah that that did happen to be the first subject that mm-hmm. um that I covered at length. I was covering another subject at the same time, but that was the larger one. Um, no, I never approached it as an activism thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, no, uh, I don't
1: mean like activist journalism in terms of uh, that sort of boogeyman word that I I hate when people use it anyway because, sure, journalism can be activism. That's not a bad thing necessarily. But I just mean in terms of what you covered, do you feel like a majority of that was activism? Because that's definitely where I saw you the most.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So concurrently with that, I was also um photographing a gentleman that was running for mayor in Mooresville, North Carolina. His name mm-hmm. was Jared Esselman. Uh he did not win that race. Um I was not providing images for his campaign, mm-hmm. but I had known him before and um had asked told him that I was um looking to expand what I I do and to learn, you know, practice my craft. Um, Well, what was it that inspired you to do
1: this to get to that point? Sure. Uh,
0: It was uh, in a bit of a personal decision. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was about 30 at the time. I'm 42 now. And, uh, you know, I had for many years done, you know, any number of different jobs from Uh, working the door at Neighborhood Theater to contracting uh, in logistics Mm -hmm. um, and any number of things that just fascinated me and I found opportunity with. But I, you know, eventually became aware that like I would really like to focus my efforts on a one area. Mm -hmm. I would like to have a craft that I practice. And so in weighing the decision, I thought, well, you know, nobody wants to work. Right. You know, nobody wants to do that. That's just something we have to do because of society and history. Right. Um, So, you know, I thought, well, okay, well, what would I do if I really sank my heart into it that, you know, would make me happy? Because it lets me – it facilitates doing the things that already make me happy. And some of those core things were that I genuinely love people. Like, I really do. For all of their beauty and their ugliness, Mm -hmm. they're just in – Humans are endlessly fascinating and not predictable, mm-hmm. and in that way, always interesting. Uh, and I also, you know, I had some travel experience uh, earlier in my life, and I wanted something that facilitated that.
1: And you're uh, already a talented photographer. It just as a well, I went as to, a hobby.
0: Well, no, I, I have an associate's degree in photography from oh, Central okay. Community College. Gotcha. I had graduated from there in 2004. Mm. Right now we're talking about, uh, what, that would have been 20, 2010, 2010, 2010, 2011. 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and also part of that decision was like, well, you have this education in this. This is the thing that you are ostensibly most experienced in as far as training goes. So I thought, I don't want to do weddings. I don't mm-hmm. want to do uh, – nothing against wedding photographers. Right. That's just not my cup of tea.
1: Yeah. I've catered weddings. You don't want to. That's not where you want <laughs> oh to be my hired to go you, every weekend.
0: It is justifiable the amount of money that they that they could charge. Because oh, sure. It yeah. Is, um,
1: it is a hellish Ugh, experience. I was working in a caterer. Yeah. You just start to realize how much they're all the same. Yeah. Every single reception <laughs> is the same.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, um, so all of that together,
0: you know, those things, you know, I mean, like, I want to focus. That's what I want to focus on uh, is photojournalism specifically. Mm-hmm. And. To shout out to Rhiannon, mm-hmm. um, you know, as I began, I had made that decision and, you know, I had reached out to the gentleman who's running for mayor. He said, yeah, you can shadow me and, and make the photographs. And Occupy Charlotte was occur- was just it was starting, you know, the, the first iterations of that in Marshall Park were occurring. Um, and so, you know, I decided I'm just going to go and photograph it okay. and, you know, capture that narrative. And uh, Rhiannon Fionn running into her, uh, she was, um, the opposite of a gatekeeper. She was like, Oh, you have questions? Like I'll answer them. Mm -hmm. How do I pitch? She's like, well, here, it's just easy. It's you do, you do this and you try it. And if you get a no then you try something different and uh, her willingness to be open and provide guidance in that was amazing and key. And it's taught me today that, and I still practice it anytime, you know, I still, you know, run into a photographer that's Mm -hmm. like, I want to do that. Or, right. you know, like, and I always re- think back to her and, and always answer their questions. And Absolutely. Um, I also take another piece of, briefly, I also take another piece of advice from her. is like, you tell them what to do and let them do it because often people ask you, and then they just won't do the thing that you suggest that they do and let right. that be on them. Yeah. Uh, the, the colloquialisms that we've called that are, they are assholes. holes. Yes. They'll take up your time <laughs> right. wanting your information and then just don't have So don't feel
1: it. the need yeah. to follow up and <laughs> micromanage uh, yeah. as if you're responsible. Yeah, I think we can both kind of consider her a uh, mentor in that in that regard. Um, And if she's listening, we are very appreciative of that. Genuinely. She worked herself to the bone on that story, like exhaustion to the point Mm -hmm. of hospitalization. And she was, she, that's why she was one of the best uh, for, uh, you know, for that sort of story, because she yeah. did, you know, maybe for better or worse, worse being the lack of self care, because she just all she cared about was getting that story, and yeah. that was much appreciated. That that and the coal ash she was reporting on those days and stuff like that—heroic amounts of yeah. effort from that woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of, I, I always get, I always crack up thinking about one time. I don't know why this sticks with me. I guess it just shows a difference in our work. But uh, I get. Uh, stressed out trying to get like good imagery for a photo uh I mean for a story that I'm working on and that's like can be the hardest part and then I can go knock out the writing but then I'll go to an event with you and we'll, you know we'll always touch base at the end before we go our separate ways for you to go to edit and me to go write and you'll and I remember you saying at one point I don't I have no idea what press conference or whatever it was it was uh, probably something in the activist field, but you just said, "Man, I'm so glad I don't have to go explain what we just saw." <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah, just writing has never been your thing. Well, that and you know the you make good captions. Uh, They're thanks. helpful and they helped me out a lot today on this little Waterman food feature that, we, uh, <laughs> that you shot for us.
0: I'm glad I, I, I have enough attention span to do mm-hmm. you know
1: uh, a couple sentences for sure. And you ask people but, how to spell their names key, that's key.
0: (laughs) But no, like the, the temporal attention that a writer takes and that a photographer takes are so very different. Mm. We're very, you know, a writer, you know, uh, often is present for whatever is going on. They have their time that they do background research, either beforehand or afterwards. They have this sort of like step back long view, take in all the information, consider, and then package and summarize and interpret mm-hmm. that we don't have the luxury of that. Uh, a photographer has to be aware of things in the moment that are relevant to the writer. Like, where's this person in the room going to move to mm-hmm. and how are the people around them going to react to that so that I can one be in position to get an image of what they're doing, but to like also be invisible, right. so to speak, to the people Capture that are a that are there, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, like one of the one of the moments that I often think of is um, there was a city council meeting when a gentleman uh, running for or no, sorry, he wasn't at that time running for city council. He was uh, an activist as a part of the Occupy Charlotte movement. Um, he, uh, Michael Zeitkol, yeah, yeah, he's been a
1: guest on our podcast as of recently.
0: Yeah, uh, he. Um, uh, it was a particularly um, contentious time for, between activists and city council at that moment. And, um, he, uh, went over his time. It was, uh, speaking, you know, at a city council meeting and it was not received well. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, it was motioned for him to be removed by, uh, the police officers that were there. And he wasn't, you know, he didn't resist in any kind of negative way or, Mm -hmm. or anything like that, but he walked, you know, he walked out the door, and you know, and in, in that, I was beside the podium, but knelt down, mm-hmm. watching, you know, listening to what he was saying, of course, but also like watching when they motioned for the officers to come, like where they were coming from, and when I positioned myself so that I get the image of him going out the door. Well, later, uh, somebody asked me, like, well, what was he talking about? What was he saying?
1: I, I don't I, know. I was in my. I, own I head.
0: really don't know because yeah. I'm thinking about the technical aspects in that movement. Mm-hmm. So all of that to say that. Um, you know this. Uh, you know, as there's this condensing in re- in journalism uh, in response to lack of funding and the shrinking of the industry that asked writers to be photographers oh, right,
1: right. and vice versa. And
0: mm-hmm. for that reason, both of those crafts, when that happens, I think both of those crafts suffer
1: absolutely because
0: of that temporal difference of attention.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so, I if I if I had it my way, those those roles would always be. Uh, Separate in people, but, the, you know, uh, obviously a team that works together. But
1: Right. Yeah. And we've got a few minutes here left just to wrap up with a short uh, – I'm sure you could talk about this for hours, but just to, to at least uh, make sure people aren't wasting your time as assholes. Uh, <laughs> if you can just give some advice to people up and coming who want to get into uh, – like, where do you start? Do you just go shoot and then try to sell the images after? Do you pitch a event beforehand to a media outlet? How would you, how would you suggest someone sort of uh, get their feet wet or or try to pursue photojournalism? Um, you know,
0: I, I think um, as a first step is to engage other journalists mm-hmm.
1: because um, oh, so be a mask, be an asshole, be an asker first, <laughs> yeah. And um, then follow through, and then you're not yeah, an asshole.
0: Sure, yeah. Mm. Um, which, you know, extends to, like, gather information. That's mm. what journalists first do. Mm. Um, understand that you – and accept that you will have to remove yourself and your opinions from what you do. Mm. That is a requisite. Um, uh, I know but, you've
1: at least broken – you've at least – relax some of your guidelines because we were just joking the other day about uh, you and I were at a Greenpeace. They were releasing like a huge blimp off of Veterans Park and it was the middle of July and they it was just so, it was so hot and uh, they had a, a snack stand set up by Greenpeace with bottles of water and stuff and you were like, hey, man, I'm going to leave. I'm going to go to Starbucks real quick and get some drink because it's just so hot. And I was like, there's bottles of ice water right there. And you're like, I can't accept anything from these people because that'll be a conflict of interest. I was like, e- drink some fucking water, Grant. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I may have been a little overly cautious yeah, at first. Back in the it beginning, was, yeah. But it was, uh, you know, it was about learning where that line was. No, yeah, for definitely. Sure. And I respect
1: yeah. that. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> Thank um, you.
0: But, but you know, just to briefly mm-hmm. add one one thing to that outside of like you know speaking to to uh other journalists like i have been continually blown away by how many yeses i get for asking for access hmm. in a genuine way you know like the really uh going into it before you know really had much experience i would have thought that people be closed minded like oh you're a journalist like no you know mm-hmm. but um it's not been the case like just don't be afraid to ask. And if you get a notice, be like, okay. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, maybe that's a little different for photojournalists than writers because anyone knows that you're not creating any content unless that camera's up to your eye. Right. But anything anyone says to a writer could right. potentially be a part of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah,
1: asking. Just ask. Mm-hmm. Well, you and I got to go back to work, man. We're going to go ahead to Mint Museum and, and do some local street. Check out the local street exhibit. So uh, yeah. stay tuned mm-hmm. These will both go up on to, on Friday, so if you're listening to this podcast now, it's already Friday, and uh, you can go to K.C. Nerve and check out what we come up with for the for the new gallery at, at Mint, but uh, I really appreciate you coming on, man, and it's been a crazy week, but uh, hopefully that just builds your name more, because you're one of the best photographers I've ever worked with, and I appreciate you.
0: Man, thank you, Ryan. Thanks for having me.
1: All right, man. Have a good one, or I say have a good one. i say that to the listeners, since me and Grant are going to continue to work through the night. But uh, we will catch you guys next episode. Cheers,
0: Queen City Podcast Network.com.